Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallion. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome once again to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You are listening to us on Noonan Zone, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. I hope that you're able to join us on this Monday. Uh oh, sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. We have got an absolute loaded show. I'm going to recap all the divisional round playoff games. I'm going to have a special segment where I go into detail about that 49ers-Packers game because many of you know I'm a 49ers fan. I had Bobby Z on the show last week and Phillip Jordan. We were previewing that game. I'm going to break down that game. I might even spend most of the show doing it because we're going to have Bobby Z on for the Georgia Alabama Sports Live show this Wednesday. And I do have some amazing guests coming up this week. We're also going to preview the conference championships. The Falcons' head coaching search continues. We should have an answer by the time this airs. And then I'm also going to recap everything that happened local in the Columbus area to include the River Dragons getting the sweep over the Blue Ridge Bobcats. The Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars were up in South Carolina taking on USC Aiken and all the high school basketball action. Thrip Aaron and I did our Georgia Alabama Sports Live show. We dropped our rankings. We got some big high school basketball games coming up this week, including some rivalry games. So stick around, sit back, enjoy the show, and let's get this show started. We had an incredible weekend of conference championships. Let's start with a game that ended last night. It was a close, nail-biter, back-and-forth Kansas City, they get the win on the road. Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff victory. They defeat the Buffalo Bills 27-24, and it's the sixth straight conference championship appearance for Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs dynasty is not over yet. Far from it. I cannot believe they pulled off this victory. They don't have a number one wide receiver. They did not punt in the first half, and Patrick Mahomes had his most efficient game. He had two touchdown passes, a quarterback rating of 131. Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, obviously, he is their star running back, averaging 6.5 yards a game. Travis Kelsey had a big game, and I just was impressed with how Kansas City Chiefs went in to Buffalo and got the victory. Now, don't get me wrong, Josh Allen played very good, too, and There was a chance, even though Kansas City had the lead, they were going to march down and get another score. Nico Hardman fumbles. It goes into the back of the end zone. And then Buffalo gets a sign of life. Josh Allen cannot convert on a third down. The Buffalo Bills have been the best third down team in the league. 
gets the football back to Patrick Mahomes. The Bills defense steps up. And then you give the ball back to Buffalo with a chance to win it. And I was thinking, don't even bother going for the field goal. You got 8.23 left to go. Perfect time. 16 plays, 54 yards, only to shank an easy field goal as Tyler Bass missed a 44-yard field goal that went wide right. I know Buffalo Bills fans do not want to hear the words wide right. And I don't even understand why Jim Nance even said it on the broadcast. You're just bringing back some painful memories for Bills fans. I did not like the play call after the two-minute warning. Josh Allen threw two incomplete passes. This stops the clock. You got to continue to run the football, make Kansas City burn their timeouts, and at worst, you kick a field goal and it, you send it to overtime. I thought that Buffalo could be a little bit more conservative during that moment, but it looked like Josh Allen was trying to go for the home run ball. And even with that, you're still giving Patrick Mahomes less than two minutes to run his offense. And Buffalo fans remember, 13 seconds, that's all it took. And they never even got that shot because the field goal kicker missed wide right. Kansas City goes on to win. Buffalo had their chances to win this game. I actually thought that Buffalo was going to go down and win the game and not give Patrick Mahomes a shot at even trying to come back. Overall, it was a great game. Back and forth game. I'll get into the divisional round playoffs later on in the show. Let's talk about the early game on Sunday. The Detroit Lions facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was a back-and-forth game. In fact, it was 17-17 going into the fourth quarter. I actually thought that Detroit was not going to be able to stop Mike Evans. Baker Mayfield did have two interceptions. The Lions were efficient. They were able to to do what they needed to do, and then that interception sealing the deal for the Detroit Lions. They defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a score of 31-23 to to advance to their first conference championship since 1992, where they will face the San Francisco 49ers. I have all week to preview the conference championship games. It's set. The Kansas City Chiefs they travel to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Lions will take on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are a seven-point favorite. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to break down that 49ers-Packers game and the Texans-Ravens game in the conference championship. we got just a jam-packed week, nothing but guests, previewing these conference championships. And I have a little fun facts for you as well. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with Richard Holders, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We'll be right back. Yeah. Stick around. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941.
It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Fridays, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You knew that I was going to get into it. I'm going to break down that 49ers Packers game in the divisional round. And I said in the beginning of the show that I was going to take the majority of the show talking about this game. Well, look, I'm a 49ers fan. I'm going to break down this game. I'm also going to preview them in the NFC Championship game all week. Even though I have a podcast in Georgia, I have the luxury of talking about sports. And when you're a diehard 49ers fan like me, I will talk about the 49ers as much as I can on this show. Let's be honest here. They shouldn't have won this game. They played absolutely awful. They played like hot garbage, and mainly because Debo Samuel got hurt. They're a completely different team. This Packers team had so much momentum after destroying the Cowboys the week before. They were riding high, and head coach Matt LaFleur just decided, hey, we're going to take the ball first. And they marched all the way down the field. Aaron Jones had incredible runs. I'm not talking about the 50-yard run that almost iced the game for the Packers. I'm talking about in the beginning, the 49ers could not stop them. When Green Bay can control the line of scrimmage to start the game, that is a problem. The 49ers defense has been suspect all year, and Ambry Thomas needs to go. I mean, are you kidding me? The two pass interference calls, especially one on a third and 15, that sustained drives for Green Bay, I got to give credit to the 49ers defense for keeping Green Bay out of the end zone in that first half. Green Bay got the first drive. They kick a field goal. Green Bay was able to stop the 49ers and get the ball back. And then that decision to go for it on a fourth and one. I mean, you got to kick the field goal there to go up 6-0. That was an aggressive play call by Matt LaFleur. And they should have challenged there. They might have gotten it. It was very close. 
The 49ers stop them on fourth down. Then Brock Purdy, perfect pass to George Kittle, and they're up 7-3. And then once again, Green Bay marching all the way down the field. But once again, the 49ers defense keeps Green Bay out of the end zone. This was huge because then the 49ers have the double possession. I was questioning the play calling of Kyle Shanahan. Thought they were going to try to go for the touchdown. They do the field goal attempt instead. It was partially blocked. 7-6 going into the half. The 49ers get the ball to start the second half. And they go three and out. And I'm scratching my head on some of the play calling decisions by Brock Purdy. He did not look great in this game, except for that final drive. And Green Bay goes up 13-7 after slipping on the field and a wide open receiver to go up 13-7. I felt good about the touchdown. Christian McCaffrey puts the Niners up 14-13 and then the kickoff return. A special team blunder once again for the 49ers that gives Green Bay great field position and then they get the touchdown and the two-point conversion to go up 21-14. At this time, I was thinking Brock Purdy is not going to win a shootout with Jordan Love. Jordan Love at this point was playing out of his mind. He was playing like he was the better quarterback than Brock Purdy. And then he throws a pick. Wasn't his fault. It was tipped. Dre Greenlaw was right there. And I said, okay, you got to capitalize. You're down 21-14. you got great field position. You need to go tie this game. Once again, the 49ers offense stalls, but Jake Moody, the rookie kicker, 52-yard field goal. This was huge. I thought he was going to miss, but the 49ers cut it to 21-17, and then Green Bay starts getting a little tight. They could have put away this game, and they failed to do so. The 49ers offense looked pedestrian. There was three straight dropbacks and three straight incomplete passes for Brock Purdy, which really questioned the play call. You have Christian McCaffrey run the football down 21-17. Green Bay got the ball back. They were pinned deep. And then, I got to be honest with you, when Aaron Jones had that 50-yard run, I threw my phone, I left the room, and I said it was over. In fact, I put on Facebook and social media, this is over and I'm going to bed. Well, obviously I didn't. That was just an overreaction. I was still convinced that the Green Bay kicker, the former Auburn kicker, Anders Carlson, was going to make that field goal to put Green Bay up 24-17, to which means that it would put a lot of pressure on the 49ers with six minutes to go to try to tie the game. Once he missed, first thing that came to my mind was, they might have a chance here. I don't think they're going to win, but they got a chance to at least get down and kick a field goal and then force Green Bay to try to run the clock out. At this point, I didn't have confidence, especially without Debo Samuel, that Brock Purdy was going to march down and score a touchdown for the 49ers. But he did. He proved the naysayers wrong. All those critics who said that he was the worst quarterback in the divisional playoffs Look, he had a bad game, but he had a great drive, and it erased all the bad mistakes he made in the game. And now the 49ers can fix all the mistakes. Hopefully they get Debo Samuel back, and they are advancing to the conference championship for the third year in a row, four times in five years. And as a 49ers fan, 
Can I just say that the 49ers in the last 13 years have made seven conference championships, three straight with Jim Harbaugh in 2011, 12, and 13, and then Kyle Shanahan in 19, and then 21, 22, and 23. It's great to be a 49ers fan. I feel bad for the Green Bay Packers fans because you should have won this game. I'm talking to Packers fans like Bobby Z, Michael Buchanan, Philip Jordan, DJ Jones. I feel for you. I know that it's heartbreaking. I get it because I actually was not in a good mood for the majority of this game. 95% of this game, I was screaming at the TV. I was throwing my hands up. I wasn't throwing anything, but and also when my kids went to sleep, I had a lot of restraint. I didn't yell or cheer when the 49ers got that go-ahead touchdown. But I can understand. It's a heartbreaking loss if you're a Packers fan. I do believe they are playing with house money, the first seven seed to make it to the divisional round. And the Green Bay Packers are young. They got Jordan Love. He is their quarterback. He proved everybody wrong. What a turnaround for Jordan Love this year under Coach LaFleur's system. Jordan Love is the quarterback that's here to stay. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, but he is young and he is a good quarterback. Possibly could be an elite quarterback, but Green Bay is going to be back. This is a very young team, and I expect the 49ers and Packers to meet multiple times in the playoffs for years to come. What a great game. If you're a football fan, this is really the icing on the cake for Saturday. Now let's talk about the game that started earlier on Saturday, the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. Well, the Baltimore Ravens, they advanced to the AFC Championship. The Texans have nothing to be ashamed of. They weren't supposed to be here. In fact, this game was 10-10 going into the third quarter. Lamar Jackson had two touchdown passes, two touchdown runs. He is the league's MVP. The Baltimore Ravens get the 34-10 victory over Houston because it was their defense that was swarming a young C.J. Stroud, and he really couldn't do anything when the Texans got down. The Texans had some opportunities, including a missed field goal and then a near interception right at the goal line, and they could not get it done Baltimore advances to the conference championship where this time they are going to be at home. First time in 50 years that a conference championship will be held in Baltimore. Remember when they were making those Super Bowl runs? They were a road team. 2000, they played the Raiders in the conference championship. They were on the road. 2012, they played the Patriots in the conference championship. They were on the road. Right now, the Baltimore Ravens are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They have the best team, and they proved it when they dismantled the 49ers on Christmas. And yes, I do believe that the 49ers meet the Ravens in the Super Bowl. They're not going to commit five turnovers. And the Baltimore Ravens have looked fantastic, and mainly because Lamar Jackson is not just a runner first. He is also a good pocket passer, and he is smart when it comes to taking care of the football. So I've got all week to break down these conference championships. I don't know how the Kansas City Chiefs are doing this, but they are able to get back to the conference championship. Once again, they will face the Baltimore Ravens. They're playing at home for the first time in 50 years in Baltimore. It's Patrick Mahomes going up against Lamar Jackson. I think the Chiefs' defense is fantastic. I'm not too sure 
if the Baltimore Ravens, if they get in a situation where Lamar Jackson is trying to get into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is just playing on another level. He gets into the playoffs, he turns on the switch, and I think that championship experience is really going to help Kansas City in this game. I like Baltimore early to make it to the Super Bowl, but I would not be shocked if Kansas City pulls off the upset and makes it back to another Super Bowl. Now let's talk about the NFC Championship. 49ers hosting the Detroit Lions. Yes, these two teams have met in the postseason before. The 1983 Divisional Round, the 49ers beat the Detroit Lions 24-23. And guess who the quarterback was for the Detroit Lions? Yes, our favorite CBS color commentator, Gary Danielson. In that game, he threw five interceptions. The 49ers would go on to lose to the Washington Redskins in the NFC Championship. The Redskins would go on to win the Super Bowl. But the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions have played. They haven't played that often. I mean, I remember as a kid, the 49ers playing Barry Sanders and the Lions on a Monday night football game. That was the return of Joe Montana. That was back in 1992. The Detroit Lions and the 49ers met Briefly, in 2011, that was the Jim Harbaugh, Jim Schwartz debacle. And I want to look back at the history of these teams. I plan on having Matt Austin on the show. He is a big Detroit Lions fan. Uh, But the last time that the 49ers played the Detroit Lions was in 2021. And that is where the 49ers ended up winning 41-33. It was the opener, and it was just one of those incredible games. Jared Goff was the quarterback for the Lions. So Jared Goff has played the 49ers before. This game was in Detroit, and uh, who else? Dre Greenlaw had an interception return for a touchdown. I mean, why not? I mean, he was trying to get a pick six in the divisional round game, but he ended up getting a pick six in that game. Uh, That was a very fun game. A back-and-forth game in 2021. But one thing of note about this game, the 49ers and the Detroit Lions, the last time the Detroit Lions won a road playoff game, they defeated the 49ers back in 1957. So it's been a very long time since the Detroit Lions have won a road playoff game. And let's be honest here, if it wasn't for a controversial call by the refs, The Detroit Lions would be the number one seed right now. Although, I don't think the 49ers would arrest their starters against the Rams. I like the 49ers in this game, but we all know that the entire country is going to be rooting for the Detroit Lions to get to their first Super Bowl in franchise history. And it has been a long time since they have won a championship. We're talking about the Bobby Lane years back in the 1950s. It has been a long drought. I remember that 91 team that took on Washington and you know they had Herman Moore, Barry Sanders, Eric Kramer. But then the other playoff appearance was back in 1983. All right, it's time for another break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons head coaching search. How many more coaches have they interviewed so far? And then I'm going to talk about some major upsets in college basketball including Kansas and Duke. Some Blue Bloods go down. The local teams here, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, 
as they try to grasp position to try to get a tournament bid. And in the NBA, is Anthony Edwards, the former Georgia Bulldog, is he the best player in the NBA right now? You don't want to go to where it's the sports with Richard Holdridge. Presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We'll be right back. This is the show, and we're not going to change it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Well, no news is good news. We do not have an NFL head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. They're set to interview Jim Harbaugh. They're going to interview Joe Brady. They're going to interview Mike Vrabel. Look, they've got to get the coach right. They also got to get the quarterback right. A lot of people believe this is a championship team if they have the right coach and quarterback. I agree. On Friday, I came on the show and I said, it's going to be a done deal. There are sources that said that Bill Belichick is going to be offered the head coaching job of the Atlanta Falcons. Now we're hearing reports that he might bring along Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator. I'm okay with that. They've had a lot of success And I actually think that the Atlanta Falcons, whoever they get, I'm really hoping that they get a home run hire. You've got to get the coach right. And their last three coaches, last four coaches, if you want to count Jim Moore Jr., have not had NFL head coaching experience before. They were coordinators. They had some success, with the exception of Arthur Smith, I think they need to go after somebody who's been a head coach before. And I'm just 
that's all I'm going to say about that because this is very frustrating that they this is something they have to nail. They have got to get the coach right. I love college basketball, but right now there's so much parity. I mean, Duke goes down, Kansas goes down. You have Texas beating Baylor. I mean, it has really been nothing but parity in college basketball. UConn survives a 66-65 win over Villanova. I know they're missing Jay Wright over there at Nova. The UConn Huskies. I've said it before on this show that they are the luckiest team in college basketball. I mean, five championships. And looking at the championships they won in 99, 2004, 2011, 2014, and 2023... They remind me of the New England Patriots. In 99, that team led by Khalid el and Rip Hamilton, they were the underdogs against Duke. Duke had a powerhouse with Eldon Brand, the overall number one pick, William Avery, Trajan Landon. They win that one coming out of nowhere. In 2004, they got gift-wrapped a championship because they were facing a Georgia Tech team that wasn't supposed to be there. They were just happy that they made it all the way to the national championship. 2011, they were facing a Butler team that was just happy to be there. Kimba Walker was just going off for UConn. And then 2014, they were number seven seed. Shabazz Napier interchanneled his Kimba Walker, and he went off in the tournament. And they defeated a number eight seed, Kentucky, that was just happy to be there. I mean, no one expected Kentucky to be in the championship. And then 2023, they took on a San Diego State team that was just happy to be there. And so they have been the luckiest team in college basketball. And they have five championships to show for it. And right now, they are the overall number one team in college basketball because they are the defending national champions. But it's called Survive in Advance, and they are going to be an overall number one seed, but I don't think that they are going to win another national championship. I mean, if you really want to compare them to a dynasty, could just compare them to the San Antonio Spurs because they never win back-to-back. But the new rankings are going to come out on Tuesday. I expect UConn and Purdue to be number one and number two. Kansas ends up losing. I think they drop. I think North Carolina goes up to number three. Houston, Tennessee, Duke is going to drop. Kentucky, they got a big win over the Georgia Bulldogs. My takeaway on the Georgia Bulldogs, because I think that they're going to go beat LSU on uh, Tuesday. They lose to Kentucky 105-96 at Rupp Arena. And, you know, Trey Mitchell had 23 points. Antonio Reeves had 21 points. Jabri Abdurrahim had 34 points for the Georgia Bulldogs. They are 13-5. They will take on LSU at Stegman Coliseum on Wednesday. I cannot believe that they don't consider Georgia an NCAA tournament team. Well, they have a chance to improve their ranking and to impress the committee especially if they win the games against the teams they are supposed to beat. And hopefully they can come in and sneak a win. The Alabama Crimson Tide, they lose a tough one on the road to Tennessee. Their first SEC loss. They are 12-6 overall. And they have got a huge game on Wednesday televised on ESPN 730. 
their most hated rival, the Auburn Tigers, are coming to Coleman Coliseum. Auburn is just on a roll. Another double-digit win for the Auburn Tigers as they defeated Ole Miss 82-59. They're currently number 13 in the rankings. I expect Auburn to climb into the top 10 when the new AP poll comes out. Auburn just balanced scoring from a team that is loaded, a team with a lot of depth, including Broom and Williams with 13 points. And then you also have Dylan Carwell coming off the bench as well for the Auburn Tigers, who are a balanced team that, you know, they shot 58% from the field. And anytime you play the Auburn Tigers at Neville Arena, you're going to be in for a treat. Meanwhile, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets lose yet another game. This is a tough year for Georgia Tech, especially when they're playing in the tough ACC. They lose to Virginia 75-66. to Remember, this is not the same Virginia team that won the national championship in 2019. They have struggled. I don't even consider them a tournament team. Georgia Tech ends up losing. They are 9-9 nine and nine on the season and they host Pitt on Tuesday. You got to get that win. You also got to get that win against Virginia Tech. Next Tuesday, January the 30th, they're hosting North Carolina. Oh, but that's going to be a hot ticket. I would love to try to get tickets to that game cuz anytime you face a blue blood and it's at McCamish Pavilion in Atlanta, your average college basketball fan's going to want to go and I expect that to be a big time ticket and just like in the old days, in the 80s and 90s, when Georgia Tech basketball was relevant, someday they'll get there. Someday, but just not this year. This is just not their year. But I do believe that Coach Damon Stoudemire is the right choice. He's young enough to try to get these recruits to play in his system. And I'm interested to see what Georgia Tech does. But unfortunately, the ACC is stacked this year. Hey, Kennesaw State, even though they lost to North Florida at home on Thursday. They turn around and they defeat Jacksonville on the road. Is the first win against the Jacksonville Dolphins since 2017 on the road. And they are 13-6 and as they will host North Alabama on Tuesday at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. And like I said before, Kennesaw State, in my mind, should at least make the NIT because I think they'll win the Atlantic Sun regular season. And if they win the Atlantic Sun tournament, obviously they are going to be going to the NCAA tournament in back-to-back -back years. And we've seen this before with teams like Belmont. We've seen multiple tournament appearances from like Winthrop and Valparaiso. And I just would like to see Kennesaw State consistently go to the NCAA tournament just about every year. Things are going to change because they're moving to Conference USA in 2024. So will they still have that opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament or they're just going to play tougher competition? I mean, I think Middle Tennessee State, they're going to end up playing UAB. I mean, there's some really good basketball in Conference USA. All right, so Saturday night in the NBA, we had a showcase game. The two top teams in the Western Conference faced each other. The Oklahoma City Thunder defeated the Timberwolves 102-97, but really it was headlined by two superstars. I think right now these are the two best players in the NBA. 
And I'm talking about right now playing their best basketball at this moment. I mean, I know you can make the argument, well, KD, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis. We're throwing out all the big men. We're talking about skilled guard position. Shy Gilgis Alexander for Oklahoma City. Anthony Edwards for Minnesota. I mean, right now, in my opinion, I think Anthony Edwards is going to be first-team All-NBA. He could be considered for MVP, although they still have Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, and I don't think he's going to get MVP. They're going to give the MVP to one of the big men on the, either the Sixers or uh, Joel Embiid or Giannis again or Nikolai Jokic. I mean, the big men are going to get the headlines and considered the best players in the NBA, but the skill set of Anthony Edwards, he's averaging 25.9 points a game, 5.4 rebounds, 5 assists. And he kind of reminds me a little bit of Grant Hill in the 90s. And I think that Anthony Edwards is going to just be this superstar for the Minnesota Timberwolves for years to come. I mean, they saw it with Kevin Garnett in the late 90s, early 2000s. They just could not get out of the first round. Meanwhile, we also had the Atlanta Hawks cough up another loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 116-95. The Raptors are pretty much saying bye-bye to this season. After trading away Pascal Siakam, they trade away their last piece from the 2019 championship team. Boy, are they really trying to inter-channel their Florida Marlins 1998 version? Because when you have a championship and you trade away every single piece that made that championship possible... What are you doing? And that is just makes me wonder what is going on. Hey, the Houston Rockets, they lose to the Boston Celtics. Uh, Ibe Udoka ends up facing his former team. Some of the action today in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks are going to be traveling to Sacramento, mild stomping grounds, to face the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are 23 and 18 but they did lose to the Indiana Pacers on Thursday night. The Kings are just trying to snap a four game losing streak. If they're not too careful, they could find themselves in not only just the play-in game, they might not even make the playoffs if they continue this slide. The Atlanta Hawks need to find consistency. You can't turn around and beat the Miami Heat on the road. It was a great win against the Heat on the road by one point and then lose to the Cavaliers at home the next night. They have never played well in back-to-back games and now Trey Young is being evaluated for a concussion. They have a tough West Coast trip because on Wednesday they'll take on the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are a shell of themselves. That dynasty that you remembered that won multiple championships, 2015, 2017, 2018, and then in 2022. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. They're back at home Friday taking on Luka and the Dallas Mavericks, and hopefully Trey Young will be back for that one because they will always be connected. Trey Young, Luka Doncic, always be connected because of that trade. There's always talks about who won the trade. I mean, the player that the Hawks ended up getting in that trade eventually was Cam Reddish, and he has just played awful for the Los Angeles Lakers. 
So we'll find out. Hey, speaking of those Los Angeles Lakers, they will be at State Farm Arena on Tuesday, January the 30th. Get ready. LeBron and AD coming to town. That's going to be a hot ticket. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is going to be a very big night of basketball in the ATL. LeBron is coming to State Farm Arena, and Georgia Tech is hosting North Carolina. How about that? All right, we're going to go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about all the local stuff that's happening in and around the Chattahoochee Valley to include high school basketball, the Columbus River Dragons, and Columbus State. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We'll be right back. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. Welcome back to the Sports View with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. The Columbus River Dragons get two victories on the road against the Blue Ridge Bobcats, both by a score of 4-3. to three. And right now, they are in first place in the Continental Division with 66 points. And the team behind them, is the Carolina Thunderbirds with 58. So they have got some separation, and Carolina's played one more game. It's looking like the Columbus River Dragons are going to get home ice in the first couple of rounds in the playoffs, and they want to try to win the Continental Division. They have the best overall record in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, followed by the Beanhamton Black Bears, who have 65 points. If they were to face Beamington in the Commissioner's Cup Final, they would have home ice. The Columbus River Dragons will be hosting the Baton Rouge Zadeco. 
this Friday and Saturday at the Columbus Civic Center. And so with the River Dragons on the road, this past Saturday night, the Columbus Civic Center hosted a rodeo. It was quite a turnout. I saw some of my friends on Facebook that were at there. I found out that my daughter actually went and she had a good time. And I'm all for hosting all these events at the Columbus Civic Center, but it makes me wonder. Anytime the River Dragons are on the road, that's when the Columbus Rapids should have been playing at the Civic Center. The reason why the Rapids failed is because they could not secure enough weekend games. We would have had fans in the Columbus Civic Center if the Rapids played on the weekends. I remember two years ago, they've hosted the Memphis Americans on a weekend and we had a pretty good turnout. The failure of the Rapids in year two was because the Columbus Civic Center would not honor any Thursday night, Friday, or Saturday night games. Their first two home games were on a Wednesday night. Let's be honest, nobody's showing up to the Columbus Civic Center on a Wednesday night to see the Columbus Rapids. I think the nail in the coffin for the franchise was when they canceled that triple header in March last year. It was a gut punch. It was demoralizing. And the franchise does not exist anymore. The remnants of the Columbus Rapids might have gone over to the Albany Aces. But I looked up and down that roster. They don't have any players I recognize. Is it possible, because we have a lot of soccer talent in this country, that you can get a bunch of no-name people to play in this league? What the Rapids had in the first year was special, and I'll never forget it. And I'm hoping to try to get some former Columbus Rapids on the show just to talk about their memories of the team and everything that we went through as an organization and I am just sad to see it get dissolved because this could have worked we had a lot of soccer fans in this city and that first year was a success I don't know what was going on in the second year the second year made me scratch my head in fact at one time I even said I didn't want to be the announcer anymore and I was just frustrated all the effort and work that we put into those shows at Ivy and talking up the team, the billboards, the advertising. This team was ready to have a successful year too. WRBL, WTVM was broadcasting their highlights. We were talking up these franchises. And for it not to exist anymore, this never should have happened. The Columbus Rapids should be playing in the NISL in year three. And I am sick to my stomach that they didn't get an opportunity to play this weekend. And that Foundry FC, I don't even know what's going on with that because they were supposed to play a game yesterday and that didn't happen. So the Civic Center is going to get their money by any means necessary. They're going to have rodeos. They're going to have concerts. I think Monica is coming to the Civic Center in February. You can understand my frustration. I'm disappointed that the Rapids didn't work out. And even though I've moved on to bigger, better things like Georgia, Alabama Sports Live, that was what I was known for, being the voice of the Columbus Rapids. And that will forever go into my resume. And I've been very much appreciative of the opportunity I was given. And I can't thank them enough. The Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars were in action taking on South Carolina Aiken over the weekend. Let's start with the Cougars as they got a heartbreaking 64-63 loss. 
over the Pacers in Aiken, South Carolina. Columbus State was led by Jarrett Adderton's 18 points. Joshua Jerome chipped in with 14. And Columbus State drops their record to 9-6 overall, 3-3 three three in the Peach Belt. They will host Flagler College back at the Lumpkin Center Wednesday night. Earlier in the day, the Columbus State Lady Cougars, they were able to get the 76-65 victory over South Carolina Aiken. They pushed their record to 7-7 seven and seven overall and 3-3 three and three in the Peach Belt. The Lady Cougars were led by the former Shaw Lady Raider, Breland Snipes, who had 19 points and 3 steals. Olivia West had 12 points and Amber Abuzbe had 10. The Lady Cougars are back in action Wednesday night at the Lumpkin Center, tip-off 5.30 against Flagler College. Meanwhile, up in LaGrange, the LaGrange Panthers got the 196 victory over Huntington College. They are 11-8 overall, 3-3 three three in the CCS. The LaGrange Lady Panthers got the 101-50 victory over Huntington College, and they are 12-4 overall, 6-1 in the CCS. Both the Lady Panthers and Panthers will be back at it against Bellhaven this Wednesday at the Mariotti Gymnasium. So if you want to come out and support the Panthers and Lady Panthers, always a great product. And every time I get a chance, I want to give all these collegiate teams in the Chattahoochee Valley some love on this show. And so I'm looking forward to how their season is going to wrap up. So last night on the Georgia-Alabama Sports Live show, Thrip Aaron and I dropped our high school basketball rankings. And there's really no surprise. There's no teams that have really catapulted. We saw that Carver did get their first loss of the season, but they were taking on a talented Monroe team that looks like they can win a state championship. Pacelli got the job done going on the road, taking on Douglas County. They end up getting the win. And they are 11-5. Central was able to avenge their loss against Auburn, getting a big win as well. So Central stays at number two. So the rankings for the boys, you got Pacelli one, Central two, Carver three. Spencer's number four. They did suffer their second loss of the season, losing to Cairo on Saturday. Glenwood won against Macon East, and they get ready to take on Springwood this Tuesday. And then Lee Scott on Thursday, two big region games. Russell County, they were able to defeat Pike Road over the weekend, 63-56. They will take on Park Crossing today. That is going to be at Russell County. This will be a makeup game for the Russell County Warriors. Don't forget that we will be live streaming that game against the Hardaway Hawks on Tuesday on Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. And the next team in the rankings, Columbus who got the win over Crisp County. They are 13-6 overall. I had them leapfrogging Hardaway, who, who will play Russell County this Tuesday. And then we also have Shaw that was number 9. They did defeat Harris County. And Brookstone got a big win over St. Mary's Academy, but they did lose to Heritage. Over in the girls' ranking, oh, the Hardaway Hawks just continue rolling. They got a 15-4 record. Number two was Carver after getting a big win over Monroe. They are still undefeated in the region. Harris County pushes their record to 16-2 after defeating Shaw. Glenwood, they get a couple of wins, including wins over Macon East. They are 21-5 overall. 
The Central Lady Red Devils, they are number five in the rankings after losing to Auburn. The team I have leapfrog Smith Station was the Bocelli Lady Vikings. They are 10 and four overall. They are at number six. Smith Station is at number seven with a 13 and two record. The Shaw Lady Raiders, 11 and nine on the season at number eight. Spencer, they are at number nine with an 11 and six record. I had Shaw above Spencer because Shaw did defeat Spencer in the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament. And then finally, number 10, the Calvary Christian Lady Knights, 8-8 eight and eight on the season. They did defeat Southland Academy. And right at number 11 is the Brookstone Lady Cougars. They have a 9-8 and eight record. And it's really tough to try to put that 10th and final team in the rankings. But yeah, we drop our rankings every week. We cannot wait for the basketball season to wrap up as we get ready for region tournament play and then state championships. And one last thing before I close the show, because speaking of state championships, I applied for GHSA credentials for a third time. So the first time I applied for media credentials was the softball championships. Then I applied for media credentials for the football championships. And I went ahead and applied for media credentials for the basketball championships coming up in March at the Macon Centriplex in Macon, Georgia. And unfortunately, I was denied. This is the third time that I have been denied because, according to the GHSA, I don't meet the media requirements so here on the show, I am just going to read what they are looking for, and hopefully one day I will meet the criteria. Newspapers. Newspapers belonging to the Georgia Press Association and having teams participate in the state finals from their normal coverage area will be allowed a maximum of one reporter and or one photographer per day. You must submit the names of your representatives by the deadline listed along, and I'm just going to skip that. Television. Stations with network affiliations will be allowed a maximum of one reporter and one photographer. Well, Georgia Alabama Sports Live is not television, but we're living in a time where there are live streaming services. All right, radio. I mean, come on, I'm on WQEE. Each participating team may designate one hometown radio station that station will be able to to request a contact to originate a broadcast of that game, a maximum of two persons will be given media passes when the contract and the rights fee check is turned in at the pass gate. You must request a contract by the deadline listed above. No other media representatives will be given credentials for these games. All right, so now we know the rules. I'm here to say they need to be changed. We're living in different times where now we have live streaming services, we have podcasters, we have all these different forms of media. I can't believe they're still honoring something like newspapers. If that's the case, I'll just go be a sports writer for a newspaper that has Georgia Press Association on them. So there you go. That is all the time I have here on the show. I want to thank all my listeners who downloaded the podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe to the Facebook channel. I'm on every social media platform to include Facebook, YouTube, The X, Instagram, not on TikTok, someday, maybe. All right. I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Enjoy your Monday, and I'm out of here. Bye, everybody. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something.
and then send it to the internet. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times best-selling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Calvary Sonoy Fellowship is an expository Bible teaching church where we study the Word of God line by line and we apply it life by life. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on WQEE and we look forward to having you join us. Our church offices are located in Sonoy, Georgia, 6855 East Highway 16, Suite 102, Sonoy, Georgia. If you'd like to call us, our number is 770-755. 8243. Or you can reach me, I'm Pastor Bob, at bob at calvarysenoy.org, S-E-N-O-I-A. You also can go to our website at www.calvarysenoy.org. You can reach our YouTube channel there, as well as our Facebook page. Join us at 10 o'clock right here on WQEE. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.